A Karen demands that the coffee I served her be hotter. I make it hotter and I give it to her. She says she wants it hotter. I make it even hotter and I give it to her. She says it's still not hot enough. But if I make it any hotter, it'll start curdling and there won't even be any milk left. So I give her a healthy dose of malicious compliance. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell to turn on notifications. This happened a few years ago when I was first starting in hospitality, but this was the best intro I ever got to what hospitality is really like. It was the afternoon and my boss was already in a cranky mood because he was teaching a 17 year old how to use the coffee machine, which would drive anyone mad. A woman came in and ordered a dine-in coffee extra hot. He let me do the coffee while he went out back and I made the milk 75 degrees Celsius. For those who don't know, milk is steamed to around 65 degrees Celsius, 149 degrees Fahrenheit. So this should have been fine. She came back and said, and I asked for extra hot and this is lukewarm at best. I'm brand new at this, so my boss assumes I made a mistake. I remake the coffee showing him it's now at 80 degrees Celsius, 176 degrees Fahrenheit. He tried a bit by pouring the milk into a separate container first, burnt his mouth, and confirmed the thermometer was fine. I took it out to her, said sorry, and came back in to a life lesson from my boss saying that customers can sometimes tell when someone is new so they prey on them. Again, the woman comes back and says, I come here all the time and I have never been so disappointed. Or something to that effect and storms back to her table. My boss and I are really confused at this point. He remakes it again. She brings it back again and begins to yell at me full Karen style. My boss has gone to the toilet at this point. I'm 17, brand new to customer facing jobs and trembling and crying. Finally, my boss walks up, yanks the cup from her hand, puts it under the steam wand and turns it on. Milk is boiling over the cup, all over the counter and onto the floor. He just stares at her. He hands it back to her without ever breaking eye contact. Milk curdled, half a cup of liquid missing and says, there, it's hot. I made sure of it. She was mortified. I was horrified. She sat at her table too stunned to complain and drank the coffee in peace. He went into the kitchen to tell the chef and they cracked up laughing. That boss was the best and worst boss I've ever had. One time, we were overbooked and had to cancel the most recent reservation. They called him the C-word, so he set up their tablecloth and utensils on the ground outside the restaurant and sent them a picture confirming their booking. So, what should I have done? This drink probably was as hot as the lady wanted it to be, but something about the presentation or her perception of it probably made it seem like it wasn't. One of the top comments said I had an experience like this with the customer who sent back her coffee twice saying she wanted it hotter. I explained to her in no uncertain terms that the milk would burn and she just pushed the coffee toward me and told me to fix it. When I got back to the machine, my manager took the cup from me without a word, put the handle of the cup under a jet of boiling water for a few seconds, dried it, and took it back to her. The exact same cup of coffee with a hot handle. She said it was finally the perfect temperature and thanked him profusely for making it right. That illustrates that point perfectly because the coffee itself did not change temperature, it's just the handle that was hotter. In fact, the coffee probably was less
as hot by that time because it had cooled off a little bit in the time when he was doing this. This situation is also kind of like that famous McDonald's lawsuit where they served a lady coffee that was too hot. She spilled it on herself. She got burned and then she tried to sue them for a relatively small amount of money. But in the end, the jury ended up awarding her $200,000 in compensatory damages and $2.7 million in punitive damages. But later, both parties appealed and the lawsuit was settled. So if you were working here and this was your customer, let me know how you would handle the situation down below. A disgruntled customer at our bank has a $30 interest charge. He tries to bully us into closing his account so we can waive the interest fee. But this time, we maliciously comply and actually close his accounts, charging him a $2,000 early exit fee. The customer goes ballistic. Here's what happened. This malicious compliance comes from my time working at a bank in their contact center. I literally have hundreds of stories about that place and its customers, but today I'd like to share a story that has always brought a smile to many a suffering customer service co-worker's face about the time we got one back for the good guys. Here's the backstory. I was employed as a customer service officer. I'd been with the bank for about 18 months, mostly working afternoon shifts, but recently the bank had moved to a 24-hour customer service model. So while most of the bank would be closed, head office, complaints, credit, etc., we were still open. Let me set the scene. 10 p.m., midweek, fluorescent lights flicker overhead, the call board empty, and I'm literally counting the seconds left in my shift, ready to go home. A phone call pops onto my screen. I think, crap, I always get a call just before I finish. Mustering my best customer voice, I say, hi, thanks for calling bank. You're speaking with OP. How can I help you today? I hear nothing but dead air, so I start to repeat myself. Hi, you're speaking with... When I hear the tone of voice and words every contact center worker has heard at some point, it just lets you know you're in for a great call. Not... The customer loudly sighs and says, Yes, I'm here. God, what takes you people so long to answer? What are you doing? As noted before, there were no calls on the board. This customer didn't wait in a queue. He would have dialed, gone through to the IVR to enter his customer number and PIN before being put through to me. A max of 60 seconds. Me, not trying to provoke any further and get this customer off the phone as quickly as I can so I can go home, I say, oh, I'm sorry about that. Our system doesn't show a queue, but I'm sorry that you had to wait. What can I do for you this evening? The customer seems to settle down and starts explaining that the reason for the call was the interest charges on the most recent credit card bill. The customer was sure they were a mistake because I always pay my bills on time and I don't like paying you blood suckers any more than I have to. Charming, I know. So I placed the customer on hold to look at his account. I started looking at the payment history, when payments were due and received, what balances were there, etc. Then I quickly looked at the customer's interaction notes. This is where the bank records any contact with the customer as well as any fee waivers, special interest rates, etc. And I see an interesting series of notes from colleagues of mine stating things like customer advised interest was charged due to full payment not received by due date. Customer threatened to close all accounts with the bank. Manager approved interest waiver. Notes like this went on for months until there was a note from our retention department stating if customer threatens to close accounts to seek waiver of fees, interest or other charges, please process immediately. No retention authorized. I was a bit shocked because usually the bank would do a lot to keep an existing customer. Like they told us in training, it's cheaper to keep a customer than to gain a new one. So I call over my manager to read the notes and give him a heads up as I've got a feeling that the customer is going to be demanding another interest waiver. My cool manager says, well, if he does, do what the note says. Total hold time, maybe two minutes. I take the customer off of hold and thank him for waiting. Well, that's about time. My time is very valuable, you know. So have you fixed it 
yet. I start explaining that the interest charges are valid because he didn't pay off his balance before the due date. The customer goes ballistic. He starts calling me every conceivable name under the sun and mid-sentence stops. He plays it like he just had an idea. Well, fine. If the interest charges are valid, I'm going to close my accounts. I want to close my accounts with you now. At this point, I'm excited about putting the customer in his place, but I also want to cover my butt. So I ask, so just to be certain, you are instructing me to close all of your accounts with us, including your credit card, savings account, and transactional accounts. Are you stupid? That's what I said. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Then while grinning my face off, I say, okay, no problems. I'll just place you on a hold to do that for you. I hit the hold button just as fast as I heard the customer say, no, I with my manager's help, we close his accounts. His savings account was a term deposit. So by breaking the term early, he had to pay an early access fee of 10% of the balance. We use the money in his transactional account to cover the outstanding balance on his credit card, including the interest and sent a request for a check to be issued for the remaining money. I took the customer off of hold again. Thank you for your patience. As requested, your accounts are now closed. Was there anything else I can help you with tonight? If I thought the customer went ballistic before, oh boy, there was talk of suing the bank, suing me, suing my manager, suing the head of retention, that we were guilty of discrimination, that I didn't have the authority to do what I did. He's going to call the police. We're thieves. Some other ways of telling me how useless I am and how I can end myself. You get the picture. Me still smiling because I know I nor anyone else in my bank will have to deal with this jerk again say, sir, ma'am, I understand that you are upset. However, on a recorded phone call, you instructed me to close your accounts. I've complied with your wishes as there is nothing else for us to speak about tonight. Thank you for calling bank. Have a good night and hung up on him before he could say another word. My manager created an incident report and sent it to the head of retention with an attached copy of the call recording. I later found out retention sent the customer a letter telling him he was banned from our bank for life due to the quote vile and disgusting way he has spoken to me. We would never do business with him again and if he called or visited a branch we would be the ones calling the police. Do you want to know what the total interest charges were that started all of this? $30. His term deposit had $20,000 in it. He cost himself $2,000 in early exit fees because he thought that he could bully his way out of a $30 interest charge. So am I the jerk? Am I the jerk for not giving 24 hours notice to my daughter's roommates before dropping something off? I am a mother to a 20 year old daughter. She is a junior in college and attends school in the same city that we live in. My daughter and two of her friends live in a condominium that I own. Her friends pay below market rent while my daughter does not. The condo was inherited from my parents and it was their intent that I would pass ownership of it to my daughter when she is mature enough to own her own place. My daughter, husband, and I are in agreement that she will take over ownership of the condo when she is out of school and financially independent. Earlier this week, my daughter mentioned that she had run out of some household supplies and would have to set time aside to go shopping before the end of the week. My daughter's schedule has been especially rough lately as she has picked up extra shifts at her part-time job due to short staffing. Wanting to be helpful, I offered to pick up the supplies for her and drop them off at her place. She accepted. The next day, I picked up the supplies and took them to the condo. I knew my daughter was in class, so I knocked, and when no one answered, I let myself in. The front door opens into the living room. When I entered, I found one of my daughter's roommates being intimate with a man on the living room couch. I was obviously mortified, so I left the supplies at the door and left right away. I didn't say anything to my daughter about what happened because I didn't want to put her in an uncomfortable position, but I did let her know that I had dropped off the supplies. On Friday, I got an angry email from the roommate's parents 
parents. I'm not sure exactly what they were told, but their email lambasted me for invading their daughter's privacy. They said what I did was wrong because I'm their daughter's landlord and I enter the condo without giving 24 hours notice. They're threatening to take legal action if I do it again. I am vaguely familiar with this requirement, but didn't think it was applicable here. Was I the jerk in the situation? I feel bad about what happened, but I also don't feel like I was out of line. My daughter was aware that I was coming to drop off the supplies and asked that I leave them in the kitchen, which is adjacent to the living room. I am not asking for judgment on whether I violated the law. I checked in with a friend who is a lawyer and he thinks that because my daughter gave me explicit permission to enter the home and drop off the supplies, I'm in the clear. I am asking whether I was the jerk for doing so. Before you decide, there is an update to the situation. I called and texted my daughter asking to discuss the situation. She can't speak to me right now because her roommates are fighting and she's meditating, but she is aware of the situation and sent me a quick explanation. My daughter had notified all the roommates that I was coming over, but roommate one apparently forgot. The man she was with was roommate two's boyfriend. She freaked out and contacted her parents because she was scared I would spill the beans. I still don't know exactly what she told her parents, but I assume it wasn't the full story. I have never met roommate two's boyfriend, so I didn't know it was him. Roommate one and roommate two are now fighting, and needless to say, roommate one will be moving out. I will be writing a more comprehensive formal lease for roommate two for both my protection and hers, but in all honesty, roommate two is wonderful, and I do not anticipate that there will be any problems. So, am I the jerk for not giving a 24-hour notice to my daughter's roommate before dropping something off? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So the daughter gave explicit permission and the roommates knew she was coming. The issue wasn't that they were caught off guard. The issue was that roommate one forgot and her forgetting doesn't suddenly make you the jerk. The top response to this whole thing says when you live with roommates, typically things in common areas like couches, kitchen equipment, etc. are for use by everyone. Roommate two made the mistake of leaving her boyfriend in the living room. So anyway, even if roommate one was doing something sneaky like this. She was the one who forgot the mom was coming over. She could have done this whole thing in her room, but instead she freaked out and started calling her parents. But one last thing that's not really a core part of the story. It's just the fact that the daughter in this situation is going to inherit a condo and she's going to do it as soon as she's financially independent. That would be insanely life-changing for most people on this earth. Just being able to focus from constantly having to survive and paying for where you're going to survive and how you're going to survive to moving beyond that, not having to be in survival mode because you literally own a condo that your parents gave you. I know it's not the point of this story, but it's just kind of mind-blowing that these type of situations exist. So going back to the original question, what would you do in this situation and jerk or not a jerk and why? Am I the jerk for expecting a nanny to dress appropriately? I'm a 43-year-old female and I'm currently searching for a nanny for my children. My son is 5 and my daughter is 11. We found one young lady yesterday that seemed like a great fit. We interviewed her in our home and explained our careers. I'm a lawyer and my husband is a trainer and I explained everything to her. She seemed happy with everything and was kind to us and there was no issues there. The problem came when I spoke to her about the dress code I expected. I noticed she had on leggings with a sweater today, which I guess was okay because she wasn't working, but I would have expected a little more for an interview. However, I told her that I expect she will not be wearing athletic wear while she tends the children, i.e. no leggings, yoga pants, sweats, etc. She kind of laughed and said, so what do you want me to wear? And my husband laughed, but I was serious. I told her that that type of clothing is inappropriate since she's not working out, she's working. She seemed put off and said that's what she normally wears and 
if she's going to be active with the kids, she needs to be dressed comfortably. I told her what the expectations were and she said she understands and left. Later on, she told me that she doesn't think this will work out. Was I wrong for setting expectations? I don't think it's okay to walk around in tight clothing with my son and husband present. Plus, she should be dressed like she's working. She's a professional. A teacher would not dress that way. My husband said I was overreacting. So am I the jerk? But before you decide, there's an update from the nanny's perspective. So if you saw yesterday, there was a post circulating about someone saying leggings and yoga pants are inappropriate to wear for nanny work. She was actually talking about me. So it was cool to see so many people confirm that, yeah, I was right to not take the job. I do currently have a position and was only looking for something just because I thought my family wouldn't need me anymore. They worked things out. So if anyone was wondering, yes, I'm employed and I'm fine. The interview was super bizarre. First of all, my leggings and sweater were cute and I paired it with some cute boots. So I don't know why she was coming for me. She was super weird about me directing any conversation towards her husband and vice versa. I asked what he did for work and she cut me off to answer for him. We started talking about sports because he was a coach at the college I comp cheered for and she got mad. Her daughter seemed super quiet and nice and her son was wild AF. It was the weirdest energy ever. I did laugh when she made the comment about clothes because I genuinely thought she was joking. Her husband even said to her that she was out of line and I just left because it was getting awkward. She was super misogynistic and weird. Like her husband wasn't even misogynistic from the vibe I got. Anyway, funny experience and she posted in a mom group in my area. Weirdo woman, lol. So who's in the right and who's in the wrong? On one hand, I guess it's a good thing that she clearly laid out exactly what she was looking for so she didn't waste anyone else's time any further in this interview. But on the other hand, her reasoning was I don't think it's okay to walk around in tight clothing with my son and husband present. So first of all, her son is five years old and secondly, her husband is a trainer, which I assume to mean is a physical trainer, like he gets people in shape at a gym. So in other words, he's probably surrounded by people that are on workout clothes, athletic clothes, yoga pants all day long. I get wanting to have a separation between work and home, but it's something that he's probably constantly bombarded with anyway. Either way, she's the one hiring, she laid out her expectations, and ultimately that is a more fair thing to do to give someone the choice if they want to take the job or not, rather than mislead them and then spring this on them later. But let me know how you see the situation down below, jerk or not a jerk and why. This is the story of the summer that changed my life forever. I grew up in a household with a narc dad and a borderline mom who often left us for long periods of time to do God knows what. When I was 12, I learned that I had a half sister who was 17 and living in another town a few hours away. She had problems in her house too, although mainly economical problems, not actual neglect caused by ill will. We wrote letters to each other and in one letter I shared with her my fear of the long summer holiday. Being stuck in the house without even school to escape to was hell. She made a promise to come and save me if it got too bad. Just let me know and I'll find a way to help, she wrote. A few days after I had posted my letter where I told her how my mother had stopped providing meals and my dad emotionally hurt me, she showed up on our doorstep. She told my dad that I was going to spend the summer holiday with her family and since my dad hated kids, myself included, he happily agreed, no questions asked. We took the night train north. I was so excited. She didn't take me home with her. She took me camping. We spent the entire summer hiking amazingly beautiful trails, usually tenting, but sometimes renting a small cabin for the night. It was the happiest summer of my life. I suddenly had a sister who cared and enjoyed spending time with me. She could fish and trap birds and cook and showed me how to read maps and the names of the constellations in the sky. When the summer ended, I was transformed. I wasn't shy or confidence deprived anymore. I was a strong and resilient kid with an entirely new outlook on things. I reported my parents for lacking parenting skills and I was placed with a foster family. Neither of them made a fuss to keep me so it was easily done. I often think about that summer that changed my life so profoundly. 
I don't know if it was that I gained a sister or that she showed me I can survive and thrive even on the roughest unmarked trails. It wasn't until years later that I learned the real story behind that summer. At the time when she made me that promise, my sister lived with her family in a tiny apartment with no place for yet another person or another mouth to feed. In fact, she had been told to get out herself as soon as possible to make room for her siblings and she was now awaiting the day when she could move into her student apartment. I was amazed to hear that not only was our wonderful summer an emergency solution, her way to keep her promise and also give me an unforgettable summer, but she did it so well that I never once realized that we were there because we had nowhere else to go. Today, I turned 30. My sister is still my best friend and this summer we plan to hit the trails again. The ending to this was surprisingly wholesome. I wonder if the older sister really knew how big of an impact she made on the OP. She obviously knew that the OP was in a tough situation and she was in one herself, but she might not have known how completely transformative it was for her little sister. Even in my own life, I think there are certain situations that I was in with other people that may not know how profound they were to me, how much they transformed me, even if it doesn't obviously seem that way to them. If you've watched the video with some of my own personal stories, you probably know what I'm talking about, but if not, remind me to put a link to that down below. So let me know down below if you've ever had an experience like this yourself. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories in this series, use the playlist at the top of the description. And next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search for cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you use for copyright free music to use for your stream. It's free. Cream of the stream. Either way, thanks a lot for listening. I'll see you guys next time.